Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson, and it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Jones is just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time for part two of the weekend mailbag. So for that, we bring in our friend who is the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. So let's jump right back into the mailbag. Next question comes in from Avery Attenson. He says, if he can be had, is it worth throwing short-term big money at Chandler Jones? I don't think that Chandler Jones is going to want to come here because he's getting toward the end of his career. I think he's going to want to play for a winner. But let's say that he was willing to do it for a lot of money. I'm not sure it's the best course of action. I wouldn't hate it because it's Chandler Jones and he's still good. But the Jets have two top 10 picks in an excellent edge rusher class. There could be six edge rushers that go in the top 20 this year. And on top of that, they just paid Carl Lawson a lot of money last year. So I'm not saying it would be a bad move, but it's probably not a move that I would make. It's not a move you would make. I don't think it's a move I'd make. Uh, and I don't, I'm fairly certain it's not a move Joe Douglas and the Jets would make. Uh, they're, they're, they're not close enough to be trying to get a, a Chandler Jones. Same reason why you're saying he wouldn't want to be here. I don't think they're close enough to really be doing that. They want a, a little more youth in something like that. They'd rather go for somebody they can develop into a Chandler Jones. 
um, before bringing in Chandler Jones and getting, you know, milking the last that you can out of him. And then by the time the team is ready to compete for the Super Bowl, Chandler Jones is walking out the door because he's hanging it up. Um, that doesn't mean that that they, they, you know, I can hear somebody right now in their car listening to this being like, that doesn't make sense. Why you would you just turn him out away? That, I'm not saying they turn him away. I mean, if Chandler Jones calls him up and says, hey, I'll come play with you for five mil next year, they're, they're going to welcome him in. I'm just saying that they're not going to be matching what somebody, uh, another playoff team uh, contender is going to give him. They're just not going to do it. It doesn't makes as much sense. He has more value to a uh, team that's going to be a playoff contention uh, for sure than he does to a team like the Jets. Next question comes in from El Gringo. He says, who is in the Jets starting five offensive line after free agency but before the draft, do you see the Jets grabbing an edge in free agency? Ogba and Gregory are interesting. You could kick John Franklin Myers back inside. So who will be the starting five offensive linemen heading into the draft? I'm going to be boring here, and I'm going to say the Jets are going to bring back LDT, and he's going to be the placeholder. I think they're going to get somebody in the draft, and they may even get somebody later on in the second wave of free agency or even after June 1st when guys get cut. But I think LDT is going to be the placeholder at the other guard position, right guard, opposite Elijah Vera Tucker. Becton and Fant will be penciled in at tackle, and Connor McGovern most likely penciled in at center, although there are reports that the Jets really like Ryan Jensen. I just think Jensen's going to get a lot of interest from a ton of teams. I'm not so sure that the Jets are going to be the ones that he's going to want to sign with. But if they sign him and cut McGovern, great, that's fine too. But if I have to give you a prediction right now, I would say four of the starters are the same. And LDT is the guy that is penciled in right now. Although, again, I do think they're going to draft somebody and may sign somebody else in the second wave or after June 1st. As far as grabbing an edge, I think they might get a second or third tier guy. I don't think they're going to spend a ton of money because they did just spend a lot of money on Carl Lawson last year. And they have two top 10 picks in a draft that has a lot of really good edge rushers. Ogba is a solid player. I don't know that the Jets are going to go that route. And Randy Gregory is going to get a lot of money. He's also had a lot of off the field issues. Not so sure he fits in with what Joe Douglas and Robert Sala are looking to build here. Yeah, I, I don't see them doing much there on that that market with the the big names there. Like you said, you, they could go some of the lesser tier names there, but that's about it. And yeah, unfortunately, I got to be just as boring as you there. I we talk about this all the time. This is why there is why I put such an emphasis and urgency on drafting the offensive linemen because they so rarely become available in free agency. Um, like they, you could go ahead and dump a lot of money and sure, sure. But those injuries and I don't see them doing that. Um, so I, 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 I agree with you. Unfortunately, you got to be boring here again. I, I think the play is to just uh, play it safe, bring LDT back, and then just look to uh, supplement depth and uh, do whatever you can in that uh, in the drafts because that's that's really how you're gonna have to build this out. And Joe Douglas is is that's one thing he's talked about openly uh, since he's gotten here. 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Dylan Lashway. He says, would you rather overpay for Cooper or take a decent deal on Allen Robinson? Also, is there any offensive lineman you would consider signing other than bringing back Morgan Moses? First of all, why is the choice here overpaying for Cooper but getting a decent deal on Allen Robinson? That kind of tilts it in one direction, doesn't it? If you're telling me I could get a good deal on Allen Robinson but I have to overpay for Cooper, it kind of makes it an obvious answer. The answer would be a good deal on Allen Robinson. If we're going to even this out and say that they're going to cost somewhat similar, which one would I rather have? Probably Amari Cooper, mostly because with Allen Robinson, the big question is, was he mailing it in last year? Was he checked out? Or is he kind of washed? And if he was mailing it in and checked out, does that say something else about him? So while I would like to get Allen Robinson, I think if my choice is Robinson or Cooper, I'd take Cooper, although obviously I'd rather get Robinson on a team-friendly deal than overpay for Cooper. As far as offensive linemen, I think my first choice would be James Daniels, the guard from the Bears. He's 24 years old. He's gotten better each year. And he's a player that I think he could plug in there right now, and it would take away that need to grab an offensive lineman early in the draft. I'd say within the first two or three rounds, you could probably wait a little bit if you get Daniels in free agency. So that would be my answer as far as the offensive line and who I would pick if I could get one guy on this free agent market. Yeah, so I think that uh, the the tweeter here has – a bigger gap between Amari Cooper and Alan Robinson than you do. I think that's, that's where uh, the disconnect here is. That's why I think he, he phrased it that way as overpaying, you know, like I'd much rather overpay uh, Patrick Mahomes 
then I would give uh, Drew Locke a, a, a great deal. <laughs> you know, like I, I think he's he's kind of going for something along those lines. Um, and, you know, if this is just a year, even just a year ago, I'm I'm taking a, a stance of, you know, if, if you're giving me that, definitely give me Allen Robinson. I'm I'm wondering right now if I'd be willing to overpay just for the security of not having to worry. Did I just overpay Allen Robinson right after he's been washed? Like just for the security of not having to worry about that for the next couple of months, I would be willing to overpay some for that. How much? I'm not sure exactly, but I would be over be willing to overpay a little bit for that for that security blanket. Next question comes in from M O A M. He says. Would you make a push to sign a guard like Lakin Tomlinson from the 49ers, who's a veteran and knows the system? That way you go into the draft and you can focus on corner or tackle or trading down from number four. If you can get Tomlinson, sure, why not? For the reasons that you just said, he's certainly an upgrade at the position. But I think if you get Tomlinson, that probably takes tackle out of the equation, at least in the first round, I would think. Because if you're drafting a tackle at 4 or 10, you already have Fant and Becton. You're probably going to have that guy play guard year one and then slide to tackle year two after Fant leaves as a free agent. If you've got Tomlinson, then you don't have a spot to put him at. So it kind of seems like a silly way to use the number four or number 10 overall pick. And as far as trading down, we've talked about this. If they can get a really good deal, fine. But I'm not so sure that in this draft, trading down from number four and being able to get good value is something that's going to be an easy thing to do. So that's where I would come down on that. I think if they sign Tomlinson or somebody like we talked about, James Daniels, probably means they're not going tackle in the top 10. Maybe if they trade down from 10, it's a different story. But it's hard when you're talking about a player who... If you've got all the spots on the line filled for that year is not going to play year one. Do you want to use a top four or top 10 pick on someone like that? Especially when this team, let's be honest, has to show major improvement in year two of the Salah Joe Douglas connection, because if they don't, some people are going to be on the hot seat. I mean, I'm in, I'm just in favor of bringing good players in, especially on that offensive line. So, yes, bring, bring them in, get them in however you can get them in and uh, worry about, you know, if, 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 if they like him, they think he could play and, and is worth the money, bring them in, you play them there, and then they address their draft strategy from there. All right, we got that that figured out. All right, let's move on. We just improved our offensive line, give Jack Wilson more time, helped our running game. Let's continue building out the rest of this offense. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'd be, I'm good with it. Next question comes in from Michael Parsons. He says, would you like the idea of doing what the Lions did last year, taking a player on a big contract from a team who needs to get rid of it and then gaining a high draft pick in return, having to take that contract as well? If you like this idea, who would you look at? I don't really think Detroit's the best example here because the guy that took over in Detroit as a general manager is somebody who actually did like Jared Goff. So there's a reason that they took him in that deal. And I don't think it was entirely a salary dump. 
The one that really comes to mind is Brock Osweiler when the Browns absorbed that contract in exchange for a second round pick. Off the top of my head, I'm not sure who you would do that with. I guess Jared Goff, ironically enough, would be a candidate, but that's a lot of money. Sort of need that cap space if you're going to go out and sign impact-free agents. So I'm not really sure off the top of my head who you would be able to do that with, but if you could present me with somebody where it would make sense, yeah, sure, why not? That You ideally want to be a little bit, you know, maybe like last year would have been a little bit more ideal to do that. Um, well, I guess I'm I'm specifically in my head thinking of doing that for a quarterback. Um, if you can do that, sure, absolutely, like you said. If you can figure out a way to do it, uh, it has to be right. But this, like right now, how much money taking on right now when I want to spend money to inject it into this roster to go ahead and take that money on somebody who's just getting you a draft pick. Uh, I think I'd want that a little bit earlier in the rebuilding uh, process, ideally. Next question comes in from Stephen Schaefer. He says, are there one or two free agents that you would specifically sign to help change the culture of the organization and teach the kids how to win? There can be great value in that on top of on-field production. I kind of think that's sort of overrated. I get it to an extent, but I don't know that these guys that are free agents are going to come in here and magically teach the young players how to win. They do already have C.J. Mosley for that role, the mentor role, the leadership role. To be honest with you, I would rather just go and get the best players I could, especially somebody like Marcus Williams. He's younger, so he's not a mentor per se, and I don't know that he's going to teach anybody how to win, but he'll make plays, and that'll help them actually win games. So (laughs) that's the best answer I can give you there. I think the best way to help these kids figure out how to win games is to bring in the best talent you can and have those guys make plays that lead to winning games. I just want to uh, read this uh, part of uh, the tweet from Schefter from earlier today about the uh, Russell Wilson trade. Uh, more compensations for Seattle. Seahawks get back talented. DL Shelby Harris, whom Denver considers a locker room leader. <laughs> That's what being the locker room leader gets you. It gets you shipped to Seattle for uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, I mean, sure. It, it, that's a locker room leader type thing. You know, that's why they brought in Steve McClendon here. And that, that didn't work out. Uh, and Steve Mc, to no fault of McClendon's. Um, everybody here, except for, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, uh there might have been some beat writers out there who were a little tired of the preachy shtick of his, but everybody else really loved him. Um, and and the the young players really listened to him, gravitated to him, and they didn't do anything with him. None, absolutely none. So uh, that's you know that's a good thing to have. It's you'd rather have that than not. But you can't survive on that enough alone, you know. Like you, you still need your talent out there, and those guys that are you have to go out there and get those guys. And that's first and foremost, most important above all else. Next question comes in from Carl Wilms. He says, "If the Jets can't land Marcus Williams, 
Who would you want them to target at safety? I love the idea of bringing Mac Joyner for depth, but I'm not sure about the other safeties that are available. So Quandre Diggs is going to be available. I'm a little bit biased there because he was a Texas Longhorn, and I'm a huge Texas Longhorns fan, so I wouldn't mind seeing that. Jabril Peppers might be an option as a second-tier safety. He wouldn't have far to go because he's a New York Giant, so you could possibly bring him in here. Jordan Whitehead is only 24 years old, pretty good safety from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Certainly, he's somebody that they could consider bringing in here. And Justin Reed from the Houston Texans. I'm surprised they haven't found a way to re-sign him already because that team has such a dearth of talented players as it is. But he's absolutely a guy that the Jets should look at. So there's a couple of options that they could have at the safety spot. Yeah, it's Reed, Reed and Diggs for me. Those are the, the two guys. Uh, and also, I do. I am in favor of bringing uh, Joyner back uh you know, especially at a discounted rate, considering. Uh, but yeah, it, it it's those two guys for me uh, with the free agent class. The Reed Reed and Diggs are the guys that I'd, I'd be looking at and going after, and I I'd, I'd I'd have no qualms about spending. Uh, you know, they're not going to cost a lot of money, so I'd I'd be willing to spend what it would cost to get them. Next question comes in from Brian Fields. He says, who do you think is going to be the Jets' first signing when free agency begins? I'm going to have fun with this because obviously we have no real idea. I'm going to say Zach Ertz, and I'm going to tell you why. Joe Douglas knows him from their time together in Philly. Ertz has a Super Bowl ring, so it's not like he needs to chase one. And I think Douglas will sell him on being able to help Zach Wilson the way that he helped Carson Wentz in Philadelphia and really be able to elevate Wilson in year number two. And then they can have Ertz and go into the draft and grab a tight end in the second or third round to go along with him. Because a lot of times these tight ends take a year or two to really get situated in the NFL. So just having fun with the premise, I'm going to say that Zach Ertz winds up the first signing. Um, um, can I go off the board with player you've never heard of? Can, can, can I, can I go that or do I have to pick a specific name and say somebody like Sebastian Joseph Day, just because it'll be somebody you've never heard of. The the first one will be just some random player. I don't, it's either that or it's going to be Carlton Davis. Uh, I'll go with that. I don't, I don't think he's going to come right out the gate with, uh, with a big name. Unless it's Carlton Davis, and the only reason the hesitation, the biggest hesitation there is, I, I, I don't think Carlton Davis is going to be like a very first second announcement. That's going to wrap up part two of the mailbag. Make sure you check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some great videos up there taking a look at Dalton Schultz, who could be a Jets target, free agency at tight end. Speaking of tight end, he's got a great video up there of Trey McBride, the tight end out of Colorado State, and what he thinks McBride could do for the Jets offense if the Jets were to draft him. He's got a video up reviewing Zach Wilson's most recent performance against the Buffalo Bills and breaking down how he went from being a turnover-prone quarterback 
to a turnover-free quarterback. That's all on our YouTube channel right now, so check out those videos and subscribe if you haven't already. Visit our store at tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, mugs, hoodies, caps. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. And make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you can go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. For the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.